Hey everyone, I am here at the Parsonage. It's nice and rainy out. I've got a cup of coffee. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. hope everybody's staying safe. If you need anything um, and you're part of Mission Hills Gatherings on Sunday mornings or Wednesdays, uh, feel free to go to the Facebook group. That's a great place to stay connected during this time. And if you need anything, feel free to, to reach out to me. Um, you can send an email to the church's email, missionhillsla at gmail if you need to. But other than that, I hope everybody is doing well. And um, I've just been thinking about all of those that um, have do the important work during this time, all those people at the grocery stores that are, are serving us and serving uh, people when uh, we're not at our best a lot of times. So although I did see, uh, I'll have to maybe put a link to it. I did see people that were quarantined in Italy, maybe you saw, but they they were playing music on their balconies in this apartment courtyard area and everybody had a different instrument and they were singing along. So sometimes pandemics can bring out uh, the worst. I think we've seen those videos on social media this week. Um, but it can often bring out uh, the best in us. So uh, I'm just going to give some some thoughts this week from our our Lent text, um, which is in John 4, if you want to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read it this morning, um, but it's the story in John 4 of Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman. And I want to start with a quote by MLK because it was uh, what I was thinking about, especially this week during the uh, the pandemic and all of the escalation that we saw this week and, and the kind of measures that were being taken when we realized um, how quickly this was spreading and how potentially dangerous it could be from a public um, health perspective. Um, and the quote goes like this, all life is interrelated and we are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. In the journey of Lent, uh, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, it moves it moves us forward. It moves us forward even amid a pandemic. Um, one thing I want to look at this morning is how um, this, this move forward in Lent and what we see, I think, in the life of Jesus and particularly in the way of the cross um, is that it always pulls us back from our illusions of a one-day perfect life uh, into what I think is a more profound, compelling uh, space, which is human grace of life here on earth. Uh, one of the greatest gifts of Lent, uh, I think, is hidden in the forgotten movement of the word repentance. Uh, we hear that word, if you spent any time around church, you hear that word during Lent. Um, but the, the meaning is kind of lost, I think, in, in English. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, we've looked at Jesus's archetypal journey into the desert, spending 40 days of transformation with the accuser, and Jesus's late night conversation with Nicodemus about being born again last week. In this word, thinking about this word repentance uh, is usually it's usually translated from the Greek word metanoia. Um, it's usually one of those frames, and then in Latin was uh, translated penitentia by um, Jerome. And so we get the we get the word repentance from the, the Latin Vulgate translation of of the Bible uh, rather than the the sort of Greek rendering. And the Greek 
rendering just means something like go beyond your mind or change your thinking. And the Lenten journey is about this kind of transformation, this kind of going beyond the mind, changing your thinking. Uh, in, the, in the transformation path of, of Lent usually follows um, this pattern, calling, then fracturing, descending, suffering, and then emerging. And you, rep- you probably remember at the beginning of this year, we talked about the stories of John the Baptist preaching in the desert, and he would say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, repent. And what the word that he's using is just the go beyond your mind, the kingdom of heaven is near. Change your mind, change your way of thinking, the kingdom of heaven is near. And John, John is calling uh, people into a journey of transformation. That's it. I mean, just calling people into a journey of transformation. So this week, in the third week of Lent, we, we take a kind of descent ourselves. And we remember that Jesus always brings us back to the scandal of the human. So much of Christian thinking has unfortunately ignored the natural or the human in favor of the supernatural, right? Um, In our gospel story this week, Jesus engages with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, which was offensive in many respects. By talking and drinking with this woman, Jesus transgresses the gender, purity, and cultural boundaries of his time in order to embrace her humanity, uh, the natural world, and uh, he's just not scared. He's just not scared of the complexities of the life that he's been given, the life that he lives. He's just not. He's just not phased by them. Um, and the scene would have stirred images of marriage for the original audience. Uh, Jesus engages this woman's life and invites her into a new way of seeing. Uh, she she too is invited into the process of descent. Uh, amidst a crisis this week, I saw a thing on social media. Uh, you know, I have lots of friends from lovely places uh, that I've met along the way. And I saw several Christian friends posting on social media this week um, sentiments like, this world is not our home. Like, just remember, folks, like amid, you know, what seems like a terrible crisis, this world is not our home. And I assume that this is some way of trying to like reassure their followers that uh, from God's perspective, that somehow this is a passing moment on bro- on a broken earth, which pales in comparison to our true home, which is in heaven. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I, this, this kind of thinking just really bothers me, and it's it's so it's surprising to me that this kind of thinking is still so prevalent today. Uh, Jesus never demonstrates a desire for heaven. He never does. He never demonstrates a desire to escape the world but rather shows uh, that God's only move, his only move, God's only move is to embrace the earth and our humanity. The way of Christ is a human path of descent, not ascent. And, um, you know, as we lube our hands with Purell every two, every two minutes and take necessary precautions uh, to slow the spread of a virus, right? Like that's what we're, we all want. We're all taking the necessary precautions. We're all, um, you know, quarantined up in our homes. Um, those of us that are privileged enough that we can do that, you know, um, but let us not like not confuse 
our concern with safety, with pervading philosophies in our society towards this kind of purity and perfection. Uh, both secular and Christian culture are religious about this aspiration for per- perfection and obsession for escapism. You find it everywhere. For Christians, it, you know, it often takes like a similar form to what I was just saying, which is uh, thinking that heaven, not earth, is home. Um, secularly, uh, it's an increasing desire for virtual reality over reality, artificial intelligence over human intellect. Uh, in this space, heaven is in the digital cloud. Um, if consciousness can be uploaded, we will be immortal and impervious to disease, right? Um, we live in a time in which there's a religious desire to abandon this earth for a new home, perhaps in space. Um, this uh, is a religious desire is so prevalent, uh, every, just everywhere in our culture. Uh, in other places, it's simply des- desire for the you know pristine estate or uh, the perfection of minimal- minimalism. That's one that I I love. It's like if we could have just the the widest walls and no possessions and had the cleanest space, um, then we would be okay with ourselves. We'd be we'd feel secure and safe. Um, for other people, it's the exact opposite, right? It's the accumulation of goods and, uh, you know, boats and jet skis, and I don't, I don't know what people buy, but uh, it, it's manifests itself in that kind of mentality where it's, uh, I, will, I will try to gain everything that I can in my life. And it comes from this idea, I think, of, um, you know, the illusion of scarcity, like as if there's only a certain finite amount of items in the world and I'm going to get as many as I can. Uh, the global community at times like this, I think becomes acutely aware of our interrelatedness and for, I mean, just what it is, our fragility as a species. Uh, we need each other. If you are not healthy, I'm not healthy either. But one thing that we, we live in attention of is how market-driven our economies are, and how for years our market-driven economies have pretended that ultimate reality was created by and for those at the top. So as long as the wealthy continue to accumulate more, the poor will rise as well. Uh, and that goes back to the illusion of scarcity and limited resources. But this is just cre- this is created in a corrupt capitalistic system that we all take for normal. And in this kind of capitalistic system, you know, just demonstrates its absolute absurdity in times like this, as people, normal people, just fight for uh, tissue at the grocery store and pasta, you know, just, and and Wall Street gets a $1.5 trillion loan, right? Like market crashes, based on reality that, you know, we're all interrelated and we live in a global community and the human species and the human body is fragile and we have systems that can only handle so many sick people and uh, the market becomes uh, unsure of this reality and tanks in order to to help the most important aspect of our uh, created reality. Um, you know, there's $1.5 trillion there as a loan. All of this to say, all of this to say that 
I think Jesus's hope for the world is so radically different from the so-called realities of our time. Jesus' vision, um, uh, how do I want to say this? Jesus's vision for reality, what he, what he called the king, the kingdom of God. What I uh, I like to think of the kingdom of God as God's commonwealth. In, in this reality, uh, in, in Jesus's vision, um, which is, I think, actual reality, um, not one that's created in a certain time and place like a market economy, um, Jesus's vision and hope for humanity is bottom up. It's bottom up, not top down. Jesus understands this and demonstrates this, right? The relationality of everyone's well-being. He understands this. It's why the Pharisees always accuse him of being with the wrong people and doing the wrong things. Jesus shows us that we become human by helping each other. I think Jesus' hope for humanity is for those at the bottom to no longer be uh, marginalized by the labels that society uses against them to limit people's humanity. So Jesus, uh, he hops fences. He goes places um, like the well to talk to a Samaritan woman that he's absolutely not supposed to talk to, to teach us how to be human. Um, So maybe as as we approach this next week, how might we accept an invitation to become more human? and thinking about Lent, and thinking about the process of transformation, and thinking about the process of transformation of just becoming more human, being comfortable in becoming more human. For some reason, I think it's just, it's, I don't know if it just seems easier, we don't want to suffer, but our plans of escape um, just seem more alluring. I don't know if it's the culture that we live in, or if it's always been that way. but this, uh, there's a tendency for us to want to escape, but how might we, over the next few weeks, become more human, particularly in a crisis where people are, 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 are hurting, um, are financially insecure? Um, how do we embrace the human aspects of, of our existence? Um, how do we embrace the humanity within ourselves? The gospel way is always a way down and out rather than up and away. So taking measures to care for those in society is the human and the humane thing to do. And our decisions during a crisis uh, hopefully be guided by uh, a human ethic of caring for the least and lost among us because they are sacred and we are all connected. So during Lent, as we approach this third week, we're invited to let go of our dreams of paradise and perfection for something far more human, far more interesting. All right, everyone, um, be well and stay connected online, stay connected on the phone, and uh, we will post updates as we 
as we go um, and as we know more about this thing. So um, just stay tuned for, for all of that. And uh, I hope to see you all soon. Bye.